needs for the San Francisco 49ers on the defensive side of the ball. Should they address those needs NFL draft or free agency coming up on today's locked on 49ers. You are locked on 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get back to our conversation that we started on yesterday's program, Croc, and we went through the offensive side of the ball and special teams and which basically is comes down to one player, Robbie Gold, the kicker. And uh, we, we we talked about whether or not those needs should be addressed in the offseason through the draft, through free agency, maybe both, or maybe neither. And now we're on to the defensive side of the ball. Let's start with edge rushers. As we know, Croc, it all starts up front. 49ers uh, have a, a big uh, contract to negotiate with Nick Bosa. They drafted him number two overall in 2019. He's been a superstar defensive player of the year this year. They're obviously going to pay him a lot of money. Does that to you, Croc, mean they can't spend a lot of money on the rest of their defensive line, especially for another end? So does that mean it's all about the NFL draft? It's all about drafting and developing the guys across from Nick Bosa for basically the rest of his career? Right, and the main guy would be Drake Jackson. You you have to get him going. So I know we've been talking about, do you go free agency? Do you go draft? Do you throw resources? We talked about just kind of the value of the edge rusher. You ain't finding nobody that at least you expect to come in and make any kind of in, impact late in the third round, right? Like if you, if you're drafting a defensive lineman or an edge rusher late in the third round, then just, you might as well draft that same guy in the fifth round, right? There's just not a lot of value there. So as it pertains to Drake Jackson, you need him to be the guy that you believe he could be. And I've heard different things about just kind of the – you know, what it was like, the culture of USC while he was there, and it kind of fell off. And you have a couple of different type of personalities, different type of guys. You have Talano Hufunga, who he's going to be that same guy no matter the situation. You have some guys like Drake Jackson who, you know, maybe can ride the wave, and now all of a sudden you have to raise your level of play to the 49er standards. probably really difficult, but we've said it. Go work out with those monsters, the Bosa's, or find someone, right? Like all these guys... They love giving game. That's the one great thing about NFL players. They love giving game to the younger guys. So if you need to go find Von Miller, like anybody, they'll be like, man, come on. Come on, young fella. Go find somebody. See how they prepare. And you need him. 49ers need him to be good because I don't think that's a position you could spend a lot of money on, especially after the draft capital and Nick Bosa. And if they do spend some money, it's not going to be on an outside free agent. It's going to be just bringing back either probably only one of Charles Amenahu or Samson Abacom. And it depends on how much money those guys make in free agency. But it, it, even if they're able to do that, because we talked yesterday, like, look, and the way this 49ers roster is constructed, and I thought even more about it since then, it's, it, it's the 49ers are spending a lot of money on traditionally positions that don't get a lot of money spent on them and fullbacks, are, running backs, right? Kickers. Yeah. So tight end running back fullback. They just re-upped both punter and long snapper might be kicker on the way as well. Off ball linebacker. Those are all positions that most teams don't have their highest paid players at. 
And the 49ers are paying as much or more than any teams in the league to those position groups. But they still have Trent Williams who's making $27 million or $27 million cap number this year. They still have Nick Bosa that they're going to re-up at a really high value, really expensive position. Eric Armstead's uh, cap number is really high this year at $25 million or something like that. So they're Samuel's also- money should be kicking in. It's starting to kick in. Yeah, it's the first year of it. Next year, it's going to be even higher for Debo Samuel, too. And you know what's funny is that, like, the biggest response I got to this when I put it out on Twitter talking about how the 49ers roster is built is like, oh, well, they've got young quarterbacks, so their quarterback room is cheap. And their quarterback room is probably not as cheap as you would expect. Like, of course, Brock Purdy's, you can't make less than Brock Purdy makes as the last pick in the NFL draft. He's on a rookie contract. It's league minimum. It is very cheap. But Trey Lance was the number three pick in the NFL draft. So he's already making, he's got a $9 million cap number. He's got, I think, the eighth highest cap number on the 49ers roster right now. Yeah, but, I mean, in, in comparison to other rosters where the quarterback would, you know, kind of, it, it'd be tough to sign other so, guys, like $9 million, like, you're doing good. Right, well, he's not making $40 million. Right. right. And then once he gets to his fifth-year option, that'll be like over $20 million for him. Yeah, right? now that's so he's, so he's cheap for, a, like, a big-time starting quarterback, but he's not, as cheap as you would, ex- he's not cheap as Brock Purdy. He's not as cheap as like you know rookie contract guy because he's a number three overall pick. And then and if especially add, uh, if he's not the starter. Well, right, yeah. Well, and how about this? So then, if they want to bring in a veteran, because we've talked about you know the uh, the Taylor Heineke's, the um, Jacoby Brissett's of the world. You know, if they if they want to go out, the Carson Wentz's of the world. Wentz, who was just recently <laughs> released, Matt Ryan, who was going to be released, right? So what if they spend another ten million dollars? Now you got a twenty million dollar quarterback group. You know what I mean? So it's, but it's still a, still not crazy. Still not forty million, but you're also not getting Patrick Mahomes' production from that quarterback room yet. You know, you don't know exactly what you're going to get from it. So I'm just saying it's not as cheap as you would expect that that 49ers quarterback room is. It allows them to do some things, but they've they've got a lot of things to figure out with the, how they're going to build their roster and how they're going to fit those big contracts in. And when they do have a quarterback contract that that is big that's still down the road a little bit but some things you have to look at especially bosa when that hits he bosa is going to make more money than any non-quarterback in the nfl that's what his contract's going to be this offseason 49ers have to prepare for some of those things and it's hard to pay that plus trent williams plus you know what they have to do this offseason with another defensive end with a defensive tackle with a offensive tackle so it does start to get a little bit difficult and you know you just pay a kicker high-end kicker money when you're already paying high-end tight end money, high-end running back money, high-end fullback money. So it starts to get a little bit difficult when you want to pay the high-cost positions and you're already paying the lower-cost positions at the top of their market as well. Right, like edge rusher. Right, and it's not to say that you shouldn't be paying Jordan. In fact, I think tight end is the best money you can spend in the NFL right now. Right, on the guy who is a pass catcher as well as a blocker, as well yeah. as a, you know, sometimes they turn around and hand the ball out to him, right? Like he's a dual, triple threat type guy that you're getting cheaper than uh, typical, t- and I said a typical receiver because Debo Samuel kind of gives you that element as well. But Yeah, uh, George Kittle's making like considerably less money than Christian Kirk. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. So I, I that's think wrong, right? Like, that's, that's doesn't the, feel right. Doesn't feel right at all. Uh, and I don't think Christian, Christian Kirk's going to see the end of his contract where his money really starts to kick in uh, the way it's structured. Uh, but as far as like, you know, yearly average, George, like George Kittle's, even though he's highly paid for a tight end, it's not poorly spent money either. And and I would say the same about Fred Warner, even though off ball linebackers aren't what they once were either. Do they? They gotta fix that, right? Is there a way to fix that? Like, there's no way that Christian Kirk should be making more money than Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. 
I think Kelsey and Kittle were the ones that were supposed to fix it, but then wide receivers went crazy after that too. I would say Kittle and if like Kittle and Kelsey and those types of guys were free agents this off season, then it would have a better chance of getting fixed. And especially what's Kelsey's cap? And like, plus, how, both of those players were re-signed by the team they were already on. If yeah, they actually get free agency too, that's what that's part of what needs to happen. Yeah, but are they going to get you know twenty two million a year or whatever? Like like what they truly deserve, especially right. Kelsey. I mean, Kittle too, but yeah, Kelsey wow. is like a legit. He is a receiver. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know, if, I don't know if it jumped that much, but they would probably get more, especially if they're free agents this offseason. Especially with, and we might see money go bonkers again for every free agent position group because oh. the cap's going up and the cap's going to go up again next year, and you know, just sort of a little bit of a slingshot effect for what the COVID year was, with things were kind of slow, and we saw a lot of one year contracts, and then all of a sudden you see DJ Jones, who was back on a one year contract, boom, gets this huge free agent contract. It's like, oh, okay, he's going to get that much money, yeah. and I think. You know, anybody who actually hits free agency these days or those guys that get traded because the teams don't want to pay him are going to get crazy money. We'll see how much guaranteed Lamar Jackson gets. He wants that Deshaun Watson contract, and I don't think ownerships want to give out those contracts. Not that, well, Stephen A. Smith said he got the report that that is not true. From Lamar Jackson's camp, his camp said we did not ask for guaranteed money. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Well, it should be that, that deal should be getting done then. Well, that's what people are saying, but now people are blaming on the fact that he's his own agent. I don't think that's the issue. I mean, you know what a good contract is and what it isn't, but people make it about them doing their own contract. Somebody else threw out today, I think it was Chris Sims in Florida, like, oh, he had a big shoe endorsement deal and, and, and they botched it. Like, how do you botch a big shoe endorsement deal? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you, you, know, you, you pay me to wear your shoes and to... Yeah, like, you, know, you, you pay me and okay, I you know, it's like, oh no, they botched it. People can't reach them. I'm like, I, I think there's this kind of like weird thing going on and people are trying to flush out guys that want to do their own contract. So, hey, let's leak these little things and say these things that are happening that are very misleading. I think this contract, I just saw something else. Like somebody, I, like literally, I, I, if I go to Twitter right now, I might see it where they said, uh, you know, $7 million out of a $200 million deal. Like, that's what's holding up this Lamar Jack- Jackson deal. And that $7 million is if he had an agent, like, that would be the agent's fee. So if he had the agent, he would be signed. I'm like, that. if they gave him a good deal, he'd be signed. Like, it don't got nothing to do with a, 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 an agent. You know, I all I have to do is look at what the other top quarterbacks are getting, what I've done, and this is what my value is. So if you come in below that, then why would I sign that? It has nothing to do with my agent. You and I can do his contract. What's the top quarterbacks getting? What are the quarterbacks that you know have you know or have been the NFL MVP and mean so much to their team and what, everything that they've done and how they built in that community? What is that worth? And it's worth top five quarterback money. So give me top five quarterback money and we're good. And if you don't, then we got an issue. And I think that's what's going on. Right. And what's weird is that seems like fair and obvious and something that Baltimore would have offered. So the only thing that made sense is that if he was asking for that guaranteed, that Deshaun Watson contract, which nobody wants to give out. That, that's that, what, nobody's getting that. That's not realistic. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what what Cleveland was thinking. Like, you're not getting Nobody's getting that. They're going to ask for it. I don't know if they're going to get it, but guys are going to ask. Ain't nobody getting that. Put out there. And, and, and guaranteed money has come up. And, and, and that helped it come up, but it's not going to be that, I don't think. No, I no. 
anyway, we'll see. I, I, I need it. more than Dak Prescott. I don't have to get Patrick Mahomes money, but I need more than Dak Prescott. Like if I'm Lamar Jackson, that's what I'm saying. And Prescott got north of forty million dollars. So, and again, I don't know what his guarantees are, but don't, don't, don't. And maybe that's what they try to do. Like, let's give him Dak Prescott money. Like I'm not taking that, and I don't need a uh, agent to tell me not to take that. <laughs> I got a trade idea for you, Croc. I'm going to throw it by you next, and it involves another San Francisco 49ers defensive lineman. Let's talk interior D-line. Let's talk linebackers, corners, safeties. Should the 49ers address their offseason needs in the draft or free agency? Oh, man. There are some serious new flavors of Built Bar, guys. You got to check it out. Today's episode brought to you by Built Bar. And when you go to Built.com right now, you can find flavors like Maple Donut Puff, Lemon Dipped Cheesecake Puffs, Cookie dough chunk puffs. How about grasshopper cookie or caramel apple or banana cream pie? Uh, you can find all of those at built.com and you can start to find built bars on local store shelves as well, including your local Walmart and Sam's Club. More on that in a second. What makes built bar so great? Well, they can pack all the flavor of those amazing flavors that they're developing uh, that I just told you about. They can do it all, but in a high protein bar that is low in calorie and low in sugar with built healthy is actually tasty. And most built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. And if you don't like chocolate, which makes you a weirdo, that's okay. I have a couple friends that don't like chocolate. You can find some built bars that don't have chocolate as well, but most of them are covered in 100% real delicious chocolate. Most built bars have only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein and you can go to your local walmart in the pharmacy section find four bar boxes of cookies and cream double chocolate coconut puffs or if you're close to sam's club run in and grab a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro and thank us later and of course all of the brand new seasonal flavors at built.com all right croc looking at javon kinlaw and the the fifth year option we talked about where it's something that the 49ers can't pick up. And then it got me thinking, okay, well, what if the 49ers said, you know, okay, we could trade Javon Kinlaw. We could shave a couple million dollars off the books if we did that. And it's like, okay, well, what would they get for Javon Kinlaw? Javon Kinlaw has been, you know, clearly disappointing for his draft slot. A lot of it due to injury. Would a team want to take on Javon Kinlaw because he's got, you know, a chronic knee injury and they might think he's damaged good. So maybe the 49ers couldn't trade him. Maybe the 49ers wouldn't want to trade him and they still have a uh, holding out high hopes for, for Javon Kinlaw going into 2023. But let's say another team said, well, look, we're not going to give you draft picks for Javon Kinlaw, but we've got a disappointing draft pick from 2020 in the first round that we don't want to give a first, uh, the, the fifth year option to either. So let me throw out some names of you. Player for player swaps, Croc, which one of these would you say yes to? These are players that fall into the same category as Javon Kinlaw do, where they didn't meet any of the criteria for the higher level fifth-year options for their position groups from the first round of the 2020 draft. And these are the names. Javon Kinlaw is one of them. Another one, offensive tackle from the New York Jets, Makai Becton. Almost an identical career. Lots of injuries, hasn't been on the field enough, a monstrous human being that is physically gifted but has not played to the level for their team that they thought he should have. What do you think? Makai Becton for Javon Kinlaw. Let's do it. Niners I need a right tackle. I, they need that tackle. And, you know, go ahead, slide over to the right side because I think it was left tackle for the Jets. But go ahead, play right tackle for the 49ers. And, you know, I, I think, you know, because I pay attention to kind of what's going on and – it sounds like they questioned 
some of his like decision making or like work ethic. There was there was a little bit of that going on with the New York Jets. So um, I always feel like just the 49ers culture. If you like playing football, like they'll fix that. Yeah, I wonder. And you're talking about Beckton, not Kinlaw. Yeah, Beckton. But now the injuries, though. I mean, and that's the he's just been hurt too many that's times. Like, and know. and if he's not taking, because remember how good a shape Kinlaw came into camp this year. Like, is that a problem for Beckton where he's not coming into camp in shape, and that's hurting him as well? Because he's already a really. Well, big would guy. you? What would you rather? The guy that came into shape and still just has these issues that can't get over, or the guy that did not come into shape, hmm. and you feel like maybe we can fix that. Interesting. Uh, Rob Sala was around when the 49ers drafted Kinlaw, right? It's 2020. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, th- that one actually kind of fits and makes sense. And that's a need for the 49ers at right tackle, potentially, if Mike McGlinchey walks. It'd be another name, another guy to uh, to compete for one of those, uh, for basically the right tackle starting job. But, you know, we already named a bunch of names recently about those guys who will be competing for that if the 49ers did decide to, to stay in-house with the right tackle job. How about cornerback Jeff Okuda? That ah uh, no. What? The, I would the, think Okuda has more value than Beckton. The 49ers have gone to this defense where they want to play a lot of like off quarters, and I don't think that matches his skill set. He's more of a Seattle three type guy. Um, press bail. Uh he could play now if they say, hey, you could play quarters, but from the line of scrimmage, which I know the Jets allowed that was when I first learned like oh you can play all these coverages from the line of scrimmage so if you allow him to do that just be more outside shape but still read concepts down which is what he did at Ohio State and where he excelled the most then oh 100% but if you're going to ask him to do like you did with Ambry Thomas who Ambry Thomas was a press man guy I felt like 80 90% of the time at Michigan then all of a sudden 49ers are like oh we're going to make you play off all the time and then you know oh, you hear about this disastrous camp well yeah you ask him to do something he wasn't good at and if they ask Akuda to do the same thing, you're just going to have some of the same results. Scheme fit. It's important. Very important. I'm, I'm going to take Jordan Love out of this because he's a unique case and he's a quarterback and that's not a, a trade that would happen between the 49ers and the Green Bay Packers. I don't think Jerry Judy, even though he his production hasn't been there and he didn't hit the parameters that you would need to be in the next level of the fifth-year options, I think his fifth-year option will probably get picked up because of how valuable wide receivers are, and I think that would be an auto-accept if the Broncos are willing to trade Jerry Judy. He's had some injury problems himself for uh, for Javon Kinlaw, even though Jerry Judy has definitely been disappointing. Disappointing in me. Uh, he, he's been more productive, though, than Kinlaw. Yeah, he has been. He has been. And, but he's not as much of a scheme fit, and I think, you know, obviously everybody with the route running and separation ability at Alabama, they're like, oh, yeah, that's a fit. But he lacks that physical toughness on the field that I think the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan would hate it. Yeah. He's, he's hardest on the receiver group. So if you can't block, right, like I feel like that's kind of the first test, like the, the right of passage to become a 49er receiver. Like, can you block? And if you ain't blocking and you're not physical there and you don't want to get dirty, you can't play for Kyle Shanahan. So I think that's where Jerry Judy would probably run into his, his biggest issue. Even guys like Richie James, like Richie James, smallest guy out there, but he – throw his body around trying to block. And I don't know if Jerry Judy is that interested in in, in doing that He's, type of dirty work. And then he had another issue with his drops. He dropped the ball a ton. And not because of just a concentration drop like Debo Samuel might get or have, but more so because the anytime there were bodies around him or there were that type of like 
like slightly contested or he might get hit, it just throw everything off. And and I saw that and I was like, uh, but man, but he runs around so great. Like some of the best feet I've seen since Ocho Cinco, but that other part, and you know, it's more of an issue at the NFL because you don't, you're just naturally not going to get as much separation consistently. If they were playing seven on seven, Jerry Judy be monster. Yeah, all pro. Be an all pro. Uh, but I, I just saw recently, I, you nailed it, Croc, with that, that, um, the catching through contact, um, the contested stuff. It's just, he's not doing well with it at all. I saw a, um, some, I saw some statistics. It was in graph form and it showed players, uh, catching in traffic on one parallel. And then it was like the, uh, the vertical was separation. And Jerry G was like the second best separator in the NFL. Like he was that good at separating, but he was so bad at the contested catch stuff. It wow. was amazing to see it in graph. And, and that's in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that. well, that's what I'm in. Mean, I'm just going off of how I evaluate him in college. So yeah. um, I haven't watched as much in the, NFL, but. in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. See, and see, if you look at guys like, um, you know, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, they will go over the middle. Like they're not that they don't shy away from that. Now they might have a drop just because they just might drop a ball, but it's not because oh no, there's contact. And I think that would like Kyle would hate that. He would hate that. CJ Henderson. He's already been traded once, actually. Yeah. What do you think? I, I wouldn't trade him for Kinlaw. I feel like I can get like can I trade you? Can I trade somebody else <laughs> and get him like you know, because I feel like his value is way down. And he's kind of a head case a little bit. You know, just kind of some of the things that he's had to deal with mentally. Remember, they had to go to his house and get him when he was with uh, the first team. Care, not care, uh, Panthers. 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 Yeah. Wait, no, first team Panthers? I got No, he got traded to the Panthers. Oh, no, no. Uh, Jaguars. Then Jaguars. There we go. Yeah, yeah those two teams. Uh, they had to, like, go to his house, right, and, like, go get him. Like, so he, he has some whole other stuff going on. Again, I look at Kyle and the team that he – Builds and, and what the 49ers pride themselves on. What do they say? What's the first thing they say about the 49ers when they get into the playoffs? They travel in any weather because they're tough, right? And I don't know if if Henderson, elite athlete, but you know lacks that 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 mental toughness on top of the you know physicality that they would like. The rest of the names here. You tell me if you like any of these that you would trade Javon Kinlaw, Javon Kinlaw for straight up. They'd be a good match for for both sides. Caleb on chase on sort of an off ball edge hybrid guy. LSU. LSU. Yeah. Um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars kind of hasn't been a good fit. There. I'm intrigued. Jalen Rager, who's been a complete bust and is actually on his second team now. Yeah, no uh, chance. Linebacker, Kenneth Murray, cornerback. No, Kenneth Ed- Murray, uh, Kenneth Murray. Yeah. Chargers didn't pick up his fifth year option. Uh, they're expected not to. He doesn't. These are the players that didn't meet the criteria to they have the lowest level of their position groups, fifth year hmm. option based on not hitting certain criteria. Well, obviously the answer is no, because of who the 49ers have at linebacker. But if I am a team that needs a linebacker and, you know, let's say there you take Fred Warner and Greenlaw out the picture, I'd be like, yeah, let's go get Murray. Uh, here's the guy that went in the 49ers original spot when they traded up for Brandon Ayuk. That's cornerback for the Dolphins, Noah Igbenogany, who has just not really gotten yeah, on nah. the field. And he's, he's got two good corners in front of him, so he can't beat those guys out. And he's just kind of been a reserve as a first-round pick, which is pretty disappointing throughout his career. And then the last pick in the first round, running back Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who would actually be a pretty good fit for Kyle Shanahan's offense, actually. But that's probably a no, right? Yeah, I mean, I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, his biggest issue is – he doesn't have like that run away from guy speed. So the initial quickness is really good, but then it's just like, all right, I, I, 
I mixed you, right? I got you off balance, but then ah, I can't run away from you. You know, that's his issue. Yeah, he's supposed to be like a dynamic after the catch and, you know, uh, catching the ball out of the backfield guy. And he didn't look any better than Jarek McKinnon or anybody else they had there with the, you know, with the running back group for the Kansas City Chiefs. So that's a big no. R- really, the one that fits, I, I think, is Makai Becton. Makai Becton for Javon Kinlaw. That's yeah. an interesting one. Becton, Becton and Akuda are definitely the most intriguing, especially if the 49ers don't see Diamond Lenore as a long-term solution at cornerback. Obviously, you got to figure out, you know, what, what are they going to do with uh you know, Emmanuel Mosley, are they going to just let him walk or can they bring him back on a cheaper price because of the torn ACL? But if you were to say, hey, you can let him walk and you could just get Okuda right now, but we're going to let Okuda play a style that best suits him, I would do it. But you got to let him play how, what, how he excelled. And he was yes. one of the best, when it comes to kind of reading concepts, concepts from the line of scrimmage, it was from a bill, it was probably the best I've seen from a prospect. Um, and the only thing that it was comparable to was probably Josh Norman, that 2015 year when he was excellent. And it, the way that they allowed him to play, it, the only time I've seen anything like that was Okuda when he was coming out. And, you know, I don't think Becton's necessarily great for Kyle Shanahan either, you know, he's a bigger kind of a slower footed kind of reminds me more of Trent Brown, who he didn't want and traded him away and then drafted McGlinchey. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know if there's a great fit on this list either. And they've all been disappointing, but I'm sure another team would view Javon Kinlaw the same way. Cause they wouldn't even know if the guy can get on the field. So that's right, from the Dallas Cowboys. I'm all over that Jerry Judy thing. You know, like he oh, fit oh, that oh, like oh, a wide oh, open oh. offense like that, like wide open. We're going to spread it out. we got three receivers on the field. Like that, I think he would excel in oh, that type of. That is a great call with like C.D. Lamb and and yes. Gallup, and they're trying to they're trying to figure out that third like you know like just who are the three receivers going to be. So that would be a great fit, actually. I, I, don't I don't know. Like if Javon, I don't know if Jerry Judy's on the block, and I was, I'm actually surprised to see his name on this list because I thought he had been a lot more productive than everybody else on that list. All right. Even though he'd been somewhat disappointing. All right, Croc. Next, uh, let's get to the rest of the defense. Should they be? Attacking these needs in the draft or free agency. I do want to thank everybody once again for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez provide in-depth coverage of the biggest NFL draft prospects, deep dives into sleepers, and hidden gems on the all-new Locked On NFL Draft. Find Locked On NFL Draft everywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you're subscribed to the new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel as well, by the way. All right, so a defensive tackle, aside from a potential fictitious trade that's not going to happen most likely with Javon Kinlaw, uh, the 49ers probably got to go to the draft there, right? Yeah, and for them, luckily, depending on what they're looking for, right, and who they can bring back. Like, if you told me, all right, can't really trust Kinlaw to play a full year, right? But, hey, we can bring back uh, Ebucam and then draft a two down type player like a just that big run stuffer and obviously like that's what i want i don't know if that's what they want because they like that like more penetrating defensive lineman Mm -hmm. but give me that big run stuffer at least you have someone who just does something well which right now we're not quite getting from kinlaw like if i ask you what's kinlaw's strengths (laughs) like what, what what are his strengths like from what you've seen he's large uh he 
he's powerful when he gets the jump on you. Like it's either it's like either he gets the jump on you and he crushes you and it's a highlight win for him, or he gets stood up and the gate opens and he's blocked. And more times than that, we've seen. Right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, get that nose tackle. He's not a nose tackle either. I think that's pretty clear. Well, he's not a nose tackle because he lost all that weight. Right. Like, like, could he play nose if, I mean, he's not really a leverage player. Like he'll, he'll he'll kill you, but he's not the guy where he's just always under you all the time. Yeah. Well, they talked about him. I mean, losing weight. They said at times he was, you know, three forty, right. But he came in three twenty five. I mean, that's 15 pounds lighter. Listen, I've, I've slimmed down a lot right now and I got on the bench press today. I was just doing um, sets of uh, three and I got up to 245 and it just felt heavier because like the more weight you lose, right? Like as you start to slim down, you're mm-hmm. losing muscle as well. So yeah, he's probably not going to be that guy that can like two gap because, well, I've, I've lost 30 pounds or whatever. Like they say he was 290. I don't think he's supposed to be 290. So whatever power he had at 325 plus, he ain't going to have that at tonight. We're talking about 30 plus pounds lighter. You're going to lose a lot of muscle with that too. Kevin Givens is a restricted free agent, so they'll bring him back. And I think it'll be cheap to bring back someone like T.Y. McGill for for depth. But I think they got to go into the draft to D-tackle for sure. Linebacker, also draft. They're spending way too much money there, right? That's easy. Or neither, yeah. really. I think nah. gotta keep the guys he got. I'm sure. I mean, you know, spend another mid late round pick on a linebacker. That's fine, but they don't really yeah. need to do much there. As somebody that played safety before, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Prairie Ball's coming off the practice squad. He'll be a, a superstar for the Niners, no doubt. No um, and uh, let's go safety. They got to sign somebody at safety. Well, right? They got to. They got to. They got. The Niners aren't going to go. Are they going to go? No, they don't even have a Hufanga to even throw in there with Tayshawn Gibson and Jimmy Ward, free agents at safety. So they got to sign somebody who's the day one starter and then maybe take a peek around the, yeah. at, a, at a developmental player in the draft. Probably. They have to sign a player because yeah. all they have is, well, you have Odom, but obviously he's more, you know, special teams guy. Yeah. But. You know, maybe in a pinch, maybe they feel like, especially like during OTAs, he'll have some opportunities to run with the ones. If in and, and this is if they don't bring back a Gibson or Jimmy Ward, of course. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's you kind of have to prioritize that position. We tried to get them to do it last year; they didn't listen to us. Uh, and no matter who they throw back there is awesome. So it's at some point I'm like, maybe maybe they don't. It's like the <laughs> it's like the running back position on defense, right? It's yeah. Like, or they treat it that way, or like, hey not that it's not that valuable or it's it's valuable but we just you don't need to spend a lot on it and the rest of our team is good so whoever we put back there is great or maybe they just have a really good eye for talent the thing that really gets me is that it looks so easy for Hufanga to jump in there and it looks so easy for Tishon Gibson who was on the street to just jump in there and play at a high level and then you think about how good Jukowski Tart looked at safety for the 49ers and then he couldn't even get a job anywhere and he was a starter for the 49ers but hold on. So I have some because I knew like I like I remember Gibson. Like I remember Gibson in his. He had a long career. He was a good player. Yeah. Yeah. He had a long career, right? But interceptions for how? If you had to guess, how many interceptions did he have throughout his career? Through his Just, career? Yeah, his career. About a ten-year career. Uh, I would say twenty. Thirty-two. Oh, he's a ball hawk. 
So, I mean, so, yeah, you plug Gibson in, and he has a, you know, he gets a, a decent amount of interceptions, but it's like, well, it's like, bro, I got 32 for my career. Like, what are you talking what about? That's what I do, So, bro. when you talk about just being able to plug a guy in, this is a guy who's, he's he's taking the ball away a yeah. lot, because I don't even want to look at Jimmy Ward again, and I'm not saying you're good or bad based on interceptions, but obviously, Gibson's value was, uh, you know, whatever's going on, he is taking the ball away. And, you know, with Ward, what does he have for his career? Four picks? Yeah, it's not his specialty. Yeah. And then I'm not saying that makes him good or bad. I, I think he's one of the best safeties in the league, one of the more versatile guys, but definitely not taking the ball away. So if you're just talking about replacing him, I'd say you want a guy that's going to give you that type of impact. And I don't know if you could just find a guy, throw him in there, and he's going to give you Gibson-type interceptions where he's just around the ball. And that was part of it. Like, Gibson was just, he was just around the ball. My plan, sign Gibson. Hopefully it's a lot less than you would have to pay Ward. And, you know, short-term deal. He's at the end of his career. Hopefully he doesn't retire. At least one more run and you draft another guy. Hopefully you hit on another, a free safety version of Hufanga basically in the draft. See, I remember, yeah, his Cleveland Brown years. He he was picking the ball off. He was picking the ball off. And then 2017, I want to say Jaguars, I, I think that's the year they went to the championship. Yeah, I think he's on that and, AFC championship defense. Yeah, and he had four picks that year. You know, so like he's a guy. He, he just always took the ball away. Last position, Croc is cornerback, draft or free agency. I, I I can find the guy. Give me give me the draft. In the draft, I can, okay. I can find the guy in the draft. I feel like wow, just kicking Emmanuel Mosley to the curb, and that was your boy too. That is that is my boy. I still like him. They're, they're coming off of the ACL. It's always just a little weird to me because you just never know how a guy's going to recover. I remember my guy, Eric Rogers, and uh, Eric, that was my dog, right? That was my former teammate, and the 49ers signed him. And Eric Rogers was kind of tearing it up in OTAs and mini camps and all that, right? And I'm like, all right, E, you know, it's go time. And then, boom, tears the ACL. And Eric, he, you know, and I talked to him. He would give me tickets to the games. I would go. I would talk to him, you know, all that, right? I think I... Let's take out my 49 hat. He gave me like a, a hat that all the players got. But um, I don't think he took his rehab serious enough. And he just wasn't the same. So when that staff got fired and Shanahan, those guys showed up, Eric still wasn't 100% a, a full year later. Like could barely, he couldn't really practice. And they just let him go. So, again, I'm not saying Mosley is that guy. But it's just you never know how somebody's going to recover from it. So in my head, it's – Kind of like we'll see whatever happens happens, but I need to be a little bit more proactive. And the Forty Nineers don't have high draft capital like that, but I feel like there's a corner that you could get in like the fifth round, and it happens every year. It's not a big name guy, but all of a sudden it's this fifth, sixth round cornerback who does very well in the NFL. Chiefs have found some of those guys. I think I could find the guy, Tariq Woolen this year. Tariq Woolen. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like now. That one People was like, oh, more, he's raw. He's gonna. He's a project. He'll take years. And I like, thought. Oh, I thought he. So, I think he went to a system that fit him. That's mm-hmm. first, that's most important, right? Uh, 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 going to a staff that understands how to use that type of cornerback. You have to know how to use that type of guy. And obviously, Seahawks. They they know exactly how they're gonna use a Tariq Woolen. Right, it's like, dude, we have Richard Sherman, Brandon Brown, and all these long guys. Like, we know exactly how. And you're the most freakish athlete out of all these guys. 
you're legit 6'4", ran a 4'2", right? So it's a little different when it's a guy like that and you just kind of see if it fits, you know, whatever. But there are guys that you can get for a fifth round that can really play. And I feel like the 49ers, some of the guys that they've drafted is like, I've always felt like, okay, you know, he's, you know, he's cool. You know, Amber Thomas is like, okay, you know, I watched the film. Like, okay, he's, you know, he's cool. He's a solid football player. Down with Lenore is like, okay, you know, he's cool. He's going to play outside, inside. How are they going to do with him? But, like, who's that guy where it's like, why is this guy falling? And I bet I can find that guy. Maybe it's Kinlaw for Okuda. I was to, – to me, it's – and look, if if Emmanuel Moses is going to get some huge free agent contract and he's going to get that, you know, Charverius Ward money, which I think he was on track to get before the ACL, then you, you got to let him go. But if he's – if, you know, coming off ACL, a prove-it deal, a one-year deal that makes sense, I'm all about bringing him back. So that, that's yeah. kind of what it's about for me. If it's that deal, then yes. If not, you know, wish him his best and uh, and and let him go find that money somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, and then let's let Croc scout those cornerbacks. Let's do it. You, you, how, how deep are you into that? Because that's going to be an episode. That's going to be multiple episodes, probably, Croc. Not deep yet. I, I, we, you have to let me know. Like, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna do it, and then I'll be like, all right, let me start banging out some of these guys. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll get you going on the tape there. Um, in future episodes, we'll definitely get deep into prospects at every position in the draft some of our favorites and of course we're with you every step of the way of the offseason it's combine week we're going to start having some rumors coming out of there maybe some trades some more players cut and end up on the free agent market and of course a lot of weigh-ins and a lot of 40 times a lot of workouts and all of that and of and croc and i'll be with you like we will be tomorrow right here locked on 49ers <laughs>